Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. The New York Knicks lose 116-105 to 105 to the Washington Wizards. I'm going to tell you why tonight's loss was once again more so the result of previous games. That next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for being Locked On Knicks, your first listen today and every day. We're now available on all platforms, and that includes, you guessed it, you know it, on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please go subscribe on YouTube so you never miss one. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I would be joined by the great Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest six website in the whole wide world. But he has tonight off. Uh, so I have the pleasure, the honor of talking you through uh, the Knicks' worst loss in, in quite a while. I mean, you could you could argue it even... Even goes back to that, that I think it was December. Well, obviously the last second loss to Dallas was more brutal, but I'm thinking of the Dallas game all the way back at MSG where the Knicks blew the big lead and then got blown out. This was the first time in a while they felt completely non-competitive in a game. And sure, they, they sort of made a run at it at times, got within seven points in the fourth quarter. But from the get-go in this one, the Knicks, were were really struggling. They were down 14 to three, then 17 to five, then 19 to five, and the Wizards were just burying them early with some hot three point shooting. The Wiz- Washington started off six for ten from distance, finished 16 of 42. That's 38 percent from three. The Knicks conversely were just seven of 26 from three point range. The Wizards also had fantastic ball movement, finishing with 28 assists. The Knicks did not. They finished with. 14 assists on 40 buckets. So to, to give you a little little co- comparison, the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight finished with 40 assists on 47 buckets. The Knicks, once again, 14 on 40. So the ball movement was a big issue, and it has been for a while for the Knicks, but we'll get into that in just a sec, because tonight, just in a, in a, in a big picture sense, felt like a let go of the rope night for the New York Knicks. This team has been scrapping and fighting and clawing and it felt like a situation where the the individual brilliance of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle made it so the Knicks would never really be out of a game right there there, there was always going to be a quarter where one of those two got extremely hot and then the other one came in and supported the cause and then Quentin Grimes hit some timely threes and Andrew quickly made some timely plays RJ Barrett went on a big burst and and inevitably the Knicks would either win or they'd lose a really close painful game but the Knicks got some of those elements tonight and yet it just, it, you, you were never really convinced they were going to win the game because it didn't feel like they had the energy to, I think that's the simplest way I could put it coming off of that overtime defeat against the Toronto Raptors. This is a team that has given up their mind, body, and soul. And I I think those reserves are a little bit depleted and, and for no player was that more true than Julius Randle coming off a seven for 20 shooting game last time out against the Raptors. He was uh, similarly, if not more inefficient in this one, just six 
for 17 from the field, 0 for 5 from three-point ranges, 2 for 5 from the line. They did keep his 15 uh, rebound streak going, so that's a good six straight game with that. Did have four assists, um, but not a banner night for Julius Randle. Look, look, Tibbs made, at least by his standards and effort, to, to keep Randle's minutes down. Part of that was foul trouble, but Randle only played 34 minutes. E- even Jalen Brunson, who was fantastic in this one, only played, only in quotes, uh, 38 minutes in this one. But you, you could tell from the opening seconds of this game, Randle was, was not at full strength. He has been so good after the first two games of the not first two, first 10 or so games of this year uh, because he completely transformed his shot diet. Everything has been at the rim or behind the three-point line. Um, in, in the month of, I think it was for the whole month of December, he led the NBA in three-point attempts. And then in um, in this first, let's see, how many, how many games are we into the season now? In the first 45 games of the season for the Knicks, Randall has, so that was coming into tonight, Randall has 24 dunks. All of last season, or excuse me, all of his 2021 season where he made second team All-NBA, he had 25 dunks. So he's been more explosive this year. That, that means more explosive beating guys off the dribble um, and more explosive in terms of his finishing, how quickly he elevates, how powerfully he elevates. And, and tonight, pretty much everything was below the rim. Had I, I think he got one dunk in this one, but the, the vast majority of stuff, even when he was getting offensive rebounds, it was, it was like pump, 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 wait for KP to clear out and then go back out and put it in. And that wasn't even most of his scoring. A lot a lot of his shooting tonight came from mid-range, a lot of fadeaways. And it, it, like, it looked like a vastly different player than the guy that was uh, crossing Scotty Barnes all the way back to Canada and, and then just jamming around guys like Pascal Siakam and Precious Achua or, or, or dunking on Daniel Gafford, even as recently as last Friday. Um, Randall just did not quite have the same amount of juice in this ballgame. That, that, is, that is the simplest way to put it. And um, here's where it gets, it gets really frustrating. Um, the Knicks do not have the depth right now to survive on a night where one of Randall or Brunson just doesn't have it. I mean, even you could, you could look at that Raptors game and, and Brunson wasn't terrible. I mean, he had a 24-point game, but he wasn't his usual efficient self. And it, it felt similar to the first game against Toronto where they really flummoxed him by throwing a lot of sizes away, making him see multiple bodies every time he drove the ball. The difference in that game was Brunson distributed it a lot more. And then this last game against the Raptors, he... He, he didn't really do that. And, and to me, that is that is mental fatigue and and, and kind of getting to a point where, where your game becomes sort of one note. And honestly, we got a little bit of that again from Jalen Brunson tonight. Look, he was he was super efficient. That that wasn't an issue. He was 11 to 24 from the floor. He's two for three for three, eight for eight from the line. And I'll, I'll get more into it in the in the final segments of this podcast. But he he did some incredible stuff off the dribble, but only had four assists in this game. Wasn't wasn't really creating all that much. And when when Julius and Brunson are not creating open looks for everyone else or just dominating with incredible efficiency and isolations, the Knicks offense just falls off a cliff because there, there's no one else to support the cause right now. Obi Toppin, I, I mean, he's, he's coming off a pretty good game against Toronto, but he, he by and large looks like a shell of his former self, um, has yet to score in double digits um i think now it's it's his last 18 games the last time he scored in double digits was november 13th 
Um, so two months and uh, six days ago um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder and that, that 145 to 135 loss, which to me feels like a different season than from now. So Obi, Obi is very, very far um, from the guy who looked like he was ready to ascend at the start of this year. Uh, Deuce McBride didn't score in this ball game. We can, we can play the same game with Deuce McBride that we just played with Obi Toppin. He hasn't scored now in his last five games. The game before that, he had three points against the Bucs. Um, he's, he's an offensive zero right now, is Deuce McBride. Outside of uh, one, one really nice lob to Jericho Sims, that was, that was a great play. He's, he's not an, an offensive option for the New York Knicks. Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, the, the flip shot master from earlier this season, I was, I was comparing his, his, floater, his floater game to Emmanuel quickly. Um, he shot two for six, had another sequence where he missed like three layups in a row. Again, or sorry, he didn't. He, he didn't have a sequence this game where he missed three laps in a row, but but did miss back to back floaters in this game. Um, did have a nice uh, transition putback dunk. That was a that was a highlight for him. But by and large, again, uh, no offense from him. Uh, Jericho Sims played 21 minutes, and and again, we will get into it. Did some absolutely fantastic work on the offensive glass. Did some really good stuff. He was just one for two. Um, their only source of bench offense right now is Emmanuel Quickly, who had 18 points in this one. And I don't know about you guys, that that leads me to the conclusion that maybe the Knicks would benefit from a little Cam Reddish in their lives once again, um, or, or trading him for someone who Tom Thibodeau is actually willing to play. But before we get into all that, I got to tell you guys about one of our favorites here at Locked on Knicks. It is, of course... Built Bar, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, but that stuff's gross, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, man, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Built with Built. Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not quite sure how they do it, but these bars, they kind of taste like a candy bar while maintaining incredible macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. It's an absolute game changer. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our flavors, brownie batter and churro. You guys can thank me later. It's incredibly good and incredibly good for you. All right, we're back on Locked On Knicks, the New York Knicks fall 113-105 to 105 to the Washington Wizards. Uh, and, man, I, I've been thinking this for about the last 12 games or so, ever ever since that that Dallas debacle where it felt like the Knicks just ran out of juice and, and suffered uh, quite literally a 1 in 14,000 loss. I think this team could use Cam Reddish off the bench, a, a lengthy defender who is a pretty good shot, can create his own offense. I just think I, I said it at the time. I've, I, I was... I was willing to go back on it during the eight game winning streak just because everything was working for this Knicks, but for this Knicks team, excuse me, but the rotation they've been playing, the tight rotation they've been playing is, is just not sustainable. And we're, we're seeing it now 
sure the team is 25 and 21 sure as we we keep saying the the net rating the underlying metrics have been fantastic but you got to look for a reason that they keep losing these close games over and over again and that's because this team has this incredible fight and you have to commend Tom Thibodeau for drawing that fight out of this team because as as Knicks fans I mean we've seen it over and over again over the years where where we didn't have coaches that could get the best out of their players and didn't have coaches that could um, motivate the team to play with great focus and great intensity every minute of every regular season game. That's, that is part of, of, of Tom Thibodeau's brilliance. And then, and the, but the flip side of that is, and, and Fred Katz, uh, he did a really good job of highlighting it in uh, the article he put out earlier this week on, on Tibbs's rotations. Um, the flip side of that is uh, part of the reason Tibbs, Tibbs's teams outperform expectations in the regular season is because he, for better or worse, I, I think worse, is willing to put more minutes on his stars than any other team in the NBA, any other coach in the NBA does. Um, since December 21st, coming into tonight, this is from the Cats article, Julius Randle's first in the league in minutes. Jalen Brunson is third in the league in minutes. And it's become a necessity because the Knicks bench app, or not the Knicks bench, I mean, the, just the, the Knicks overall, suck when those two are out of the game. Uh, they average 102.9 points per 100 possessions when Brunson and Randall are both off the floor. Currently, the league's worst offensive rating is Charlotte at 109 points per 100 possessions. So they're seven points worse per 100 possessions than the worst team in the NBA. They, they, they have no offense without Brunson and, and Randall out there. And a big part of that is, is there's no ball movement at all. They are 30th in the NBA right now in assist rate. Um, that is, that is obviously last. Um, this was, this was a great stat from a friend of the pod, uh, Strickland legend, uh, Schwinney hosted pod Strickland, check them out. Um, the New York Knicks and Dallas are the only teams bottom 10 in assist percentage that are also top 10 in offensive rating. And that, that's again, is a massive, massive credit to what Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall have done this year and why those two should be all-stars. But it's also indicative of the fact that there are very few other players on this team that can put defenses in rotation. Um, RJ Barrett can do it. Emmanuel quickly can do it. Uh, Quentin Grimes can do it um, when he, when he, when he gets those, those signature blow buys um, off of closeouts, but there is not usually great sequences of ball movement following those. Like even when, when the Knicks get assists, they're usually direct assists. You, you rarely see like hockey assist sequence for the Knicks where one guy swings it to another who swings it to another. And, and it feels honestly like I write it down every single time the Knicks have a moment like that where, where for a team like Golden State, you're seeing something like that every three possessions or so offensively. And for the Knicks, it feels like this rare magical thing because they they can bend a defense occasionally, but mostly when guys do it, it's it's for shoot first purposes. So let me let me circle back to the original point I was making here. They need more scoring off their bench, whether it's of the the individual like creator variety, which is, is more so what Cameron does, or someone who can drive and draw a, a couple of defenders and then kick it out and kick off a swing swing sequence into an open three. The Knicks have just just no juice on their bench unit right now, and part of it is they were getting that earlier in this season from from Derrick Rose, who I mean, whatever you want to say for him offensively, and that he's lost a step, which is is hundred percent true to some extent. He is still very good at getting a defense in rotation and, and kicking off sequences of ball movement. And the other big thing is Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin have not uh, regained their chemistry since coming back. I mean, I, I'm kind of shocked at the lack of 
plays made between those two where we were early this season, we were getting, I mean, one down court bomb from quickly to Obi, uh, seemingly a night, uh, you're getting one play in the half court for them, whether it was a lob, whether it was like a dribble handoff sequence, whether it was Obi faking a dribble handoff and pivoting and, and diving to the rim for a dunk. You're, you're not seeing that anymore. And because of that, the Knicks need a little extra juice, whether that's, Look, if if Cam is is on the ban list, if uh, someone I for, apologies, I forgot who did it. Um, someone tweeted at me tonight, like I think it was Real One K, our friend on this pod, um, who said uh, maybe Cam is is refusing to play uh, because Tibbs uh, will will only play him in small segments. That's the case. Uh, that's I, I don't think that should be a thing in the NBA for guys who are getting paid millions of dollars a year to play hoops. Um, though I understand Cam wanting to protect his future value. Um, but regardless, if, if Cam is, is truly unplayable, then throw Fournier out there for 15, 16 minutes a game. I know we got kind of mixed results when, when Tibbs was forced to do that, but they, they just need they need someone right now who can who can create some offense with the bench because uh, the Knicks are the Knicks are losing games in those minutes. It is it is ugly, ugly, ugly when Randall and Brunson are off the court. And even more importantly, um, just from Randall and Brunson's perspective, like what they've been asked to do over this win streak is great. But it's not sustainable, and that, that has always been the issue with Tom Thibodeau. It is, it is never sustainable. His teams always burn out, whether it's injuries, like with Luol Deng, with Joakim Noah, with Derrick Rose, um, or just the fact that they, they play over their heads in the regular season. That's great, and that's fun, but it doesn't matter if you're going to lose in the first round anyways, right? Like, sure, it's great to be in the playoffs. We all want to be in the playoffs. We all want the Knicks to be good. I don't... I want a higher ceiling than, than what is currently there. And I think some of us, myself included, are, are maybe getting tricked a little bit into thinking that this team is better than they are. And when, when we get into the playoffs and, and the Celtics are saying, all right, well, you're, you're playing Julius Randle against us 42 minutes in the regular season, sneaking out a win. Well, now we're playing Jason Tatum 42 minutes. So good luck with that. Uh, the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell, the Sixers with Joel Embiid. You can go on and on and on. But these teams have better stars. And when they're playing as much as Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson are, they're going to beat them, most likely. On that pessimistic note, uh, we will we will uh, get back in just a sec. I think when we come back, uh, I want to talk about Jalen Brunson's big night, R.J. Barrett's big night, Emmanuel Quickly's big night, and, and Quentin Grimes is a very solid performance. Um, but first, I got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online uh, because they are always uh, always so good to us here at Locked On Knicks. BetOnline.net. Is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. What I like to go there for more than anything else is the latest uh, night-to-night NBA odds. Um, The Philadelphia 76 are just two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Portland Trailblazers, I think the Sixers are going to kill them. The Trailblazers have no answer for Joel Embiid. So unless I missed something and he is out, I, I don't really understand that line. Go throw some money down on Philly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It is where the game starts. All right, boys and girls. Hopefully we have we have some girls listening. Let's, I mean, if, if, if you're a woman listening to the podcast, please throw us a comment uh, because uh, yeah, I don't know. We never, we never really hear from women in, in the comments section. It's a little, it's a little too much testosterone going on there. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's a miserable experience in the comments a lot. And and that's, that's not to you guys that are, are posting positive stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of negativity, especially when the Knicks are losing. So I want, I want some more positivity in there. Um, the New York Knicks 
116 to 105 losers against the Washington Wizards. And that doesn't mean there weren't some really good performances tonight. That was almost what was most befuddling about this game. Like the box score, and like, wow, uh, RJ had a good game. Jalen had a good game. Grimes had a pretty good game. Quickly was fantastic. And yet the Knicks got killed by the Wizards. And it was because essentially no one else um, did really did anything in, in, in this one. Um, yeah, so the Knicks, the Knicks had six players score, the same six guys who have been scoring every game. And then everyone else on the team combined for six points. It was it was that it was that kind of night. Um, it well, excuse me, it was it was five guys for the Knicks. It was Mitchell Robinson at zero? So it was Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly. Five guys scored a hundred or excuse me, ninety nine of the Knicks, one hundred and five points. And maybe I should have led with that because that that kind of sums up the balance issues more than anything else. But let's get into some of the good. Uh, Jalen Brunson had some fantastic moments in this one uh one one early play that stood out to me completely befuddled monty morris rejecting an empty empty side screen so an empty side screen is when you you have two players on one side of the court three players on the other side of the court so it's just the two defenders trying to guard a pick and roll and and brunson turned down the screen and just went middle and it kind of left morris just turning his head around um completely torched taj gibson on a crossover into an inside spin the other way and then one of his signature, like, I, I don't know, I don't know what you would call this move. It's kind of a mini Euro step, but he doesn't, it's not exaggerated, but he kind of just gathers on his left side, then switches back to his right and lays it in. That was for an and one on Taj Gibson. Um, hit Grimes with with a great back door. Um, torched uh, Denny Avdia on a, on a couple of different possessions and a mismatch. Banked in a 28-footer to beat the shot clock buzzer. Um, the guy is just, he, he, you know what he's so good at? He, he is brilliant when a defense is is switching. He instantaneously attacks the gap that is created in the moment that the two defenders are trying to complete the switch. And he just, he gets into space a little sooner than you think he will. And then his, his timing and his, his quirky pace just throws you a little bit off the mark. Like he shoots a little bit sooner than you think he starts and stops a little differently than you expect. Uh, just just an incredibly skilled basketball player's eighth straight game with 25 plus points as the third longest streak in Knicks history for guard uh, past Clyde Frazier tonight, who, who jokingly threw on the broadcast. I hate this guy <laughs> when he saw that stat, which I, I thought was very, very funny. Um, RJ Barrett, uh, I thought he did such a good job in this game, taking advantage of mismatches and and, and not settling for the most part. Um, had had back to back layups in the second quarter against Corey Kispert. Uh, one time going left, one time going right, um, and then was just bullying uh, Monty Morris, especially in transition. Like I love the patience. Like he didn't he didn't try to rush anything. He said, "All right, I'm five inches taller than this dude, four inches taller than this dude. I'm just going to go right right to the rim, and I'm going to shoot over him." Um, he did that once for a layup, went at him again for an and one where he was super duper patient. Um, had. It was kind of in garbage time. It had the sick move laid on Denny Avdia. It might have been a travel, but he pivoted one way. And then it wasn't really a pivot. He almost pirouetted, like kind of spun on one foot and got an and one layup on Avdia. Uh, so that was all great. The concern with RJ right now is his three-point shooting. Because if you remember, he was fantastic from distance in December. Shot 42% from three over the month of December. Um, since coming back from injury over the, I think it's I think it's six games now, he is eight for 32 from three. That is 25%. And I think, um, this, this next team, this next front office, I, I can say myself, um, as an, as someone who covers the team and, and is also a fan of the team, I, 
I, I, I would take RJ just shooting a consistent 35% from three. I don't, I don't need him, need him to be at 37, 38. I definitely don't need him to be at 41. Like he was two seasons ago. My God, that would be incredible. He would, I think he would, he would be an all-star or, or at least an all-star consideration if he shoots it that well from distance. But it's so streaky right now. It's like a worse version of Emmanuel quickly. And he just has nights like tonight where you, you watch him shoot and you're like, he's not going to make one. Like there's, he's, it's just, it's just not going in for him tonight. Uh, someone who is shooting pretty well um, is Emmanuel quickly, who is, is combining his current skill, his current strength, his newfound strength, with some of the tricks that he had as a rookie, we mentioned his floater coming back the last few weeks. Um, is figuring out how to foul bait again, similar to how he did as a rookie. And if you if you remember, there was that rule change from his rookie year to his sophomore year, where where refs were a little less inclined to call um, guys baiting pump fakes and then jumping into the defender. And that was kind of quickly his bread and butter. But now he's figured out how to use his physicality. Like he had a play in transition where he just ran right into Rui Hachimura. And, and threw up a shot. And more often than that in the NBA, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt on that kind of call. I don't know if it was a foul. Like maybe Rui was, was moving his feet a little bit, um, but quickly was the one who initiated the contact. But that, I mean, that, that is smart basketball if, if, if they're going to call that. Um, had a great hustle play, diving for a loose ball to bat it up the court. Um, it led to some Jalen Brunson free throws. Um, and then just had a great start to the fourth quarter. Um, baited a swipe from, I can't remember who's guarding him, but I think it was a big switching onto him. Maybe it was Abdiya. Um, for a floater and an and one, uh, then created a baseline fader out of nothing, then had this great screen negotiation on the right wing for a three. That was all in the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. He scored eight points when the Knicks desperately, desperately needed it. I, I was kind of frustrated that he didn't really get more touches, didn't get more opportunities after Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle came back in in the final eight minutes, but still an, an efficient 18-point night on 13 shots for him. So so nothing to complain about with Emmanuel quickly. Um, who else we got? Quentin Grimes. It didn't. This game didn't blow me away. The last, the last few weeks of Quentin Grimes really haven't blown me away. I keep waiting for him to make the next step. I want to see him string together like a couple of sixteen to twenty-two point games in a row where we see those those flashes of of explosion for him. But honestly, I think he, he's another guy that's worn down. I mean, you saw him against the Raptors, like consistently flying around for rebounds. He he did not have that same juice tonight. I had one really nice drive early in the game. And that was, that was pretty much it for him from an attacking the rim perspective in this game. Ended up being a three-point heavy night, which was fine because he shot really well. Three for seven, look, 14 points on 10 shots. You're never going to complain about that. But I, I just think there is there was more for him. Um, he was just being asked to to do a lot. And and how intensely he plays on defense, I think is starting to catch up to him in terms of wear and tear now that he's playing major, major minutes. Uh, final guy I want to highlight, um, only, guy, only other guy who didn't really upset me in this one was Jericho Sims, who came in because uh, Mitchell Robinson sprained his thumb. Um, we, I, maybe should have talked about that earlier. Like that, that is that could be significant for the Knicks because we all remember how they fell off a cliff when Mitch was injured earlier this season. Mitch is first on the team in net rating, um, or sorry, in, I guess in more so in, in, in plus minus. I no, I think also net rating. He's, he's first in net rating um, for the team and is top ten in the NBA um, amongst qualifiers who played over twenty five games and played over. 20 minutes a game. So that 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 is major. If Mitchell Robinson is out for any significant amount of time. But Jericho Sims playing how he did tonight uh, makes a big difference. He created six points, basically out of thin air in the first half, just by by getting tip outs um, and offensive rebounds. I mean, had one where he just, where KP was grabbing his arm, still fought for, got the board, uh, got the, yeah, got the board, and then just shuffled it over to Quentin Grimes, who's cutting to the rim 
uh, for a dunk. Um, had a tap out for another possession that led to a Brunson pull-up. And, and then uh, tapped out uh, Randall's missed free throw uh, at the very end of the half that led to a Julius dunk. Uh, the one the one negative note with with uh, Sims that we noted, uh, I think last time I he played a bunch of minutes was was last time I did a solo pod I talked about. This is something that... Uh, our, our friend uh, Prez, also of the Strickland, also Pod Strickland, mentions quite a bit, but um, he Jericho is only a good rim protector if he is tied to load up. If you go right at him in a one-on-one situation, there's not that much he could do. Like, look, he was he was guarding Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is a small forward. Jericho Sims is a center. Those two guys are the same height. Um, they're both six foot ten. Um, and Kuzma just went right into his body, and Sims didn't really have a chance to block it. Uh, so that that is a problem about playing in consistent minutes. Like that is going to get exposed and. And you'd hope that Tibbs would, would mix it up and in an effort to create some juice would would play some small ball. And he, he did try that down the stretch, tried just putting the next five best players out there with a, a quickly Brunson, Grimes, RJ Randall lineup that had some mixed results. And I, I think the Knicks are, are going to need to experiment like that, going to have to do more things like that to create easy offense. But anyways, that is it for uh, tonight's pod. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a, with a fun mailbag episode talking about uh, Knicks trade targets in case you missed it. I had a, uh, Michael Scotto on the pod yesterday to talk Nick's trade rumors, really good intel on Emmanuel quickly. Um, the reason why Cam Reddish hasn't been traded yet um, and whether Obi Toppin could potentially be on the block. Um, so if you missed that, check that out. Really special episode with one of the, one of the better NBA reporters out there right now. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, this is Lockdown Knicks. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.